0: welcome back to another week of point blank we are on episode number five now if you've been keeping up with the show so far do us a huge favor right follow us on social media you can follow us on twitter at point blank pod or instagram uh the point blank pod And if you would really like to go above and beyond, give us that five-star rating, that five-star review on Apple Podcasts. But most importantly, to make sure that you are kept up with the show every Wednesday morning, make sure that you are subscribed to our YouTube channel. I know we have a lot to discuss today, but before I ask Chantel what is on deck for today, uh, Chantel, yesterday was World Mental Health Day. And I just wanna ask you, we've been transparent Throughout this show, but I want to ask you, you know, how how are you doing? It's been a whole bunch of things these past year, but I think too many times, you know, we say we are okay, we say we're good, um, and we brush over how we really feel. And sometimes being okay is not a bad thing. But I just wanted to touch base on and cover that with you real quick. You know, how how are you doing? How are you feeling?
1: I'm doing okay. What about you? Just joking. See, like that's the thing about asking someone how they're you doing. Got me. <laughs> I, I think they just say they're okay or that they're doing good, but how are you really doing? I think that's the question. Thank you so much for bringing that up. By the way, Akeem had no idea you were going to do that. I'm doing okay. It's been quite the year pandemic of course still going on but i would say that i'm blessed nonetheless uh, just counting my blessings and just taking it one day at a time that's all you can do i think because of the pandemic which by the way i like to call the pandy now akeem hates it um you know i i think it's one of those tough situations where you take it day by day lots of ups and downs but like i said just feeling blessed and uh you know just hoping that things get a lot better for everyone because i know all across the world, people are dealing with a bit of a rough time. What about you?
0: Um, I'm not too bad. You know, I, I, I really can't complain much. It's been a past, been a busy past couple of weeks. So I'm really just getting back to that rest that we all need. Um, but I can't complain too much. And you know, I always operate in the spirit and the presence of gratitude. So when I find more things to be grateful for, even if I'm going through a tough situation, I can at least find a positive to get through it. But right now, I'm just trying to get a little bit more rest based on the past couple of weeks that, uh, that we've had. But um, yeah, I just wanted to you know share that, um, to just quickly touch on that because I think it's very important because at the end of the day, for everybody listening, you have to take you wherever it is that you go and you gotta be well-equipped for the journey, mentally, physically, spiritually, and emotionally. But Chantel, what do we have on deck for today?
1: All right, well, we're going to be premiering a new segment called The Spotlight. What's the spotlight? We're going to shine some light on an athlete, maybe a person, someone that you might know, may not know, but we're going to give them some props, some much-deserved props. We're also going to talk a little bit of NFL crazy week, but we're going to discuss the top five quarterbacks in the entire league. We got to talk some hoops. You know, NBA tip-off is just a few weeks away, so we are excited about that. We're going to touch on that, the Kyrie Irving drama that's going down in bed Also, we have to, of course, talk a little bit college football, some upsets. I don't know how Akeem's feeling right now. We're going to ask him, but we got to start things off by talking about something incredible and epic that happened on the weekend. Yes, I'm talking about Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder, the trilogy Boy, oh boy, Akeem, was this a fight? I mean, people were going crazy on social media. What did you think about the Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder trilogy fight that just happened this past weekend?
0: Man, when I was watching the fight, I shot you a message and said, don't tell me anything. We'll discuss it on the show. You know, first and foremost, I thought this was in the top 10 of all time fights. It had all the necessary components that one would want, right? It had the storyline, it had the trash talk, it had the delays, it had the accusations. And on top of that, the fight lived up to the hype. It would have been bad if the fight was boring or one-sided, but this was one of the best fights that we've seen in quite some time. Now, Chantel, let's get into some specifics. I have to tip my hat off to Deontay Wilder. Hold on a second. I got my hat right here. Right. So I want to make sure, you know, I I tip it real quick. (laughs) Right. He rose to the occasion. He showed his toughness. And most importantly, you know, he showed his heart and the will to win the fight. Right. And I hope he's somewhere resting and holding his head up. I'm not sure what else he could have done. Right. We made our predictions last week. and I saw some adjustments by Tyson Fury that Deontay didn't catch on. Early on, Fury wasn't being his normal technical self. He was using his extra weight to impose his will on Wilder and he was going power for power. And he took some shots from Wilder and it brought him to the canvas. But as the fight went on, Chantel, you started to see Fury go back to his technical side of things, right? That technical boxing, that head movement, that counter punching, that, that quickness for a man that is 277 pounds, right? And on top of that, that extra weight was just wearing Wilder down as the fight went on, right? So I think that adjustment when he got back to his old self, but what really stuck out to me, Chantel, was the endurance that this man had. I was like, wait a minute, you still bouncing and moving and jumping and grooving (laughs) and you've been you've been knocked down and you got this extra weight on. Cause I said, even though I thought uh, Fury was going to win, I was kind of worried about the extra weight, right? But man, he 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 showed why he's the number one heavyweight in the world right now. And it was crazy because after the fight, my man showed me this video of him having this massive party, right, shouting and screaming playing DJ. I'm like, man, I think he probably could have went another six more rounds. So <laughs> easily, easily, Chantel, this is to me one of the, Best fights that we have seen in quite some time. Um, it was it was truly outstanding. What are your thoughts about it?
1: Well, you know, you just mentioned that it was one of the best fights you've ever seen in a very long time. For some people, this was the best fight yeah. they've ever seen. You know, a lot of people were saying it was a modern day era classic. I thought it was an absolute classic. You touched on it right there. There was everything involved in this fight. Both these guys had a little bit of beef. There was trash talking. <laughs> I mean, the fight itself, though. It was insane because you weren't expecting that many knockdowns mm-hmm. all together. I believe there was five knockdowns all together. Fury landed 150 punches on Wilder, which is the most punches ever landed on Deontay Wilder. And, you know, I'm just looking at this fight and they were both gassed by the fifth <laughs> round. They kept going. And I don't care what anybody says about Deontay Wilder. You cannot knock this guy anymore he showed that he has a heart of a lion. He just kept on going and just going back to that 11th round stoppage. I mean, when you saw Fury land that right hook, I mean, Deontay was kind of out for a bit. That was one of those knockdowns where you were just thinking, wow, this is absolutely incredible. And you can't forget that Fury was knocked down as well in that fifth round where he took a little bit of a while to get up and I know what people are going to say they're going to bring that up saying that well the ref should have stopped it he took way too long but come on man Fury won that fight fair and square both these guys gave it their all it had everything that you wanted in a boxing fight which brings me to the fact that there's some people not us I'm talking about maybe the casual fan maybe you know people that you know prefer UFC a little bit more that believe that boxing is dead well let me tell you boxing is nowhere close to being dead at all you saw how it was popping off on social media but the heavyweight division it brings eyes ears because you know with one punch anything can change in a heavyweight fight and that's what we got on Saturday now the big question is where does Tyson Fury go from here right? Probably mm-hmm. going to fight the winner of Alexander Usyk and AJ, of course, going to try to be undisputed, get all those belts, clean out the division. But for Deontay Wilder, what is next for him? Because I'm just looking at his career right now. And I mean, he's one of the best one punchers with power that we've ever seen. He's on that list. You look at his record, it's immaculate and the way that he fought in this fight was absolutely incredible. What's next for him? Does he fight the loser loser of Usyk and AJ? AJ and Wilder would be a great fight. I'm cuz I'm already saying Usyk might take that fight against AJ again. I'm I'm putting my money on Usyk whatever that rematch does happen, but man, this fight was absolutely incredible. I'm excited to see what's next before we get you know, the listeners and viewers' responses. I am going to put that plug out. Akeem, where does Wilder go from here and where does Fury go from here?
0: Well, uh, I think Wilder takes some time off, right? He needs to take some time off and clear his head, clear his space. Um, I heard that he had a bunch of injuries actually post-fight, during the fight, um, from what his sources and people say. I think he takes time off and don't even think about boxing for the next three, four months, at least for the rest of the year. You need time. Wilder's a man of pride, right? He's a, man, he's a man who does not like to lose, and he lost twice. Right? He's on a two-fight losing streak, right? And that weighs in on you. He's 35 years old, and he just needs to take some time off before he even thinks about it. Now, when it comes to his next opponent, I think he takes the loser of the Usyk and Joshua rematch. And honestly, I don't think any of these guys can beat Tyson Fury right? Because when you look at Tyson Fury, you see a man, he's he's obviously a big man. But what surprises you is how quickly he moves. The only person that right now at that weight, at that division that I can see could move exactly similar like them, if not better, is Usyk. But Usyk doesn't have that power, right? Or that size. Or that size. Yeah. The only one that kind of has that size and that power is Joshua. But I think Usyk beats Joshua again. And if Joshua and Tyson Fury are fighting, I think Tyson Fury knocks him out in less than it took to knock out Wilder. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. But I think Tyson Fury is chilling right now. He's waiting. He probably is not going to fight till mid-2022 now. And he's just waiting and relaxed. When you're top dog, they got to come to you you don't got to go to them. They got to wait on you. So it'll be interesting. But I think Deontay has a lot of decisions he's going to have to make. He may not step foot in the ring again, potentially. You we'll know see. what?
1: He's he's had an incredible career though. So if he decides to you know, just go off into the sunset, but I think he'll be back. And the reason I say that is because Despite the fact that Wilder put on a great performance, I know it wasn't the most technical fight we've ever seen, but it was absolutely very entertaining. Wilder, one of the big controversies at the end of this fight, which is why, you know, if there was a fourth fight, I wouldn't be mad is at the end of the fight, there was no sportsmanship. I mean, Tyson Furry gave him his props. Tyson Furry said he wanted to dap it up and give him some respect, but Deontay Wilder left. And it caused just a storm for media. So it'll be interesting to see what happens next for Wilder. For Tyson Fury, I agree with you, best heavyweight in the world right now. And I'm more than sure that he's going to go for all of the belts. Well, Point Blank wants to know what you thought of the Tyson Fury-Deontay Wilder trilogy. Let us know. You can drop some comments in our YouTube, also on IG and Twitter, and you'll see on the screen and in the description of the ways that you can connect with us. All right, Akeem, we're going to go from the boxing ring to the gridiron, and we're going to start off with college football first, because boy, oh boy, was it the weekend. I'm going to be a little bit sensitive here with Akeem because his Alabama Crimson Tide got stunned on Saturday by who? Texas A&M, yes, 41 to 38, Jimbo Fisher, gets his first W against Nick Saban as well. That Nick Saban streak against his former assistants, that's gone. Akeem, what happened?
0: <laughs> you don't got to like, say it like that.
1: Yo, but he's the first one. Like, let's give Jimbo some props here, okay? Shantel he- said,
0: that's gone. Come on, Shantel. <laughs>
1: Hey, a broken record is a broken record. You feel me? Listen, I'm not an Alabama hater. I actually like Alabama, but you know, I just gotta give it to Keem a little bit. Someone's gotta razz him a bit. Akeem, <laughs> what happened on Saturday? What happened to Alabama?
0: You know, I think first and foremost, right? Every team that that plays Bama is going to play them as if it's the national championship game, right? They are. They're in the media twenty four seven. They're talked about almost every single week. Every team they play is going to play them as if it's the last game they will ever play. Now, Texas AM showed up, right? Let's, 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 let's keep that point blank on point blank, right? Like they showed up. Alabama's defense looked rough. There were a few blown coverages throughout the whole game, especially late in the fourth quarter that set up the field goal for them to win. Bryce played well, right? His line didn't so much. He doesn't like to run, but he got sacked four times. He's never been blitzed that much before. And for whatever reason, that O-line couldn't really pick it up. And the more that he was getting blitzed, the more that he had to make a decision a lot quicker. He likes to stay in the pocket. He likes to get that four to five to six seconds to really look out his reads, but he didn't have that time. And because he didn't have that time, he made some passes and made some throws that he wasn't ready to throw. The running game was sound, the running game was solid, but I think it just was one of those games where they shot themselves in the foot too much time, right? And A&M is a hungry team. They got a good team. However, I still think, and this is my opinion, Chantel, you can say what you want, but I still think Alabama is going to be in the national championship game because I think they will learn from this. They will get better. They will be better. And they will use this loss because I kind of felt like they came in there and they underestimated A&M because A&M was what, three and two. Now they're four and two, right? You're Alabama Crimson Tide, right? And sometimes you play down to your competition, but it was too late when they got, the momentum going that AM had and they realized, holy crap, we're in for a dogfight fight here. So I just think that they went and they kind of let the foot off the gas from the beginning. And football is a game of momentum. It was, they were close to making that comeback, but it was just too late. And AM was the better team this day. But I still think Alabama is going to the national championship, Chantel. I'm gonna tell you that from now. You heard it today. They are still going back to the national championship, even You're need with some water the for this. loss. Roll Tide, Chantel. What 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 you got? What you got for me? Today? Let me well, hear. I know we, well, ain't spoke, we ain't spoke about it. I know you've been saving it. What you got?
1: Well, I have to take a drink of water because uh, this one's going to be good. First off, you know if Hakeem says crap on point blank, that he's not happy right now with what happened, okay? No, Listen, no I'm seeing a lot of hate right now for Bryce Young. He doesn't deserve it, okay? Mm-hmm. This guy threw for 369 yards, had three touchdowns. Yeah, he threw one pick, but... There was also a lot of missed opportunities by this Alabama offense, some drop passes, not to mention his O-line couldn't block for nada. Nothing. You you mentioned he had four, he got sacked four times. He actually got sacked five times. That is absolutely ridiculous. That Alabama O-line just didn't look ready, but let's just give props where it's due. Okay. Texas A&M played very, very well. Now, usually, they will go to their run game. They will go to Isaiah Spiller. They didn't do that. Zach Calzada was not the quarterback at the beginning of the season. Hanks King, I believe, broke his leg. Zach Calzada came in and he didn't look good. I'm not going to lie to you. I think it was that game against Colorado that I was watching and I had bet on that game. I had bet on the spread that Texas AM would win. And I was pissed off because Zach Calzada looked terrible. And I was like, yo, he, this is not it. He ain't it for it. Texas A&M. That's what I was thinking. And what does he do? He gets a W against Alabama, and he played great 285 yards, three touchdowns. He got injured late in the fourth quarter after he threw that touchdown pass to tie it up at 38 once they kicked that field goal. And something was wrong with his you know, ankle, knee, whatever leg. He came back, and he trekked them to that victory. Zach Calzada deserves all the props in the world. Jimbo Fisher really got his team prepared for this Nick Saban team. All I know is that Alabama, despite their loss, if there is going to be a one loss team that gets into the college playoff, it's going to be Alabama. Like, let's just be serious here. It's going to be Alabama. All I know though is when Oregon lost to Stanford, everybody said, Oh yeah, Oregon lost to Stanford. They look terrible. Pac-12 team, right? Right. But when Alabama loses to a Texas A&M team that's not even on anybody's radar, where did they land on the college football playoff rankings? Fifth. Listen, they're, they're going to be in that SEC championship game, okay? And if they get that W, which, you know, I think it's going to be a tough game. I think it's going to be against them in Georgia. But Alabama still got a chance to win it all. But they got to get it together. They have to figure out that O-line because it was borderline trash. like it it was borderline trash like I I saw the hate for Bryce Young on Twitter while I was watching the boxing fights but I was keeping an eye on that game and I was just like damn Bryce doesn't deserve this because it's if he's not getting the protection he's not looking good when he gets the protection he actually looks very good so I mean let's stop hating on Bryce Young what was your thoughts on Bama getting upset by Texas A&M, you can let us know in the comments below. Hit us up on YouTube, IG, or Twitter. We want to hear from you. Are you feeling sad? Do you have optimism? Like, Akeem, you got to love his positivity. Um, still going to ha-
0: championship. Still going okay.
1: to championship. Whoa, wait, 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 hold up. Episode five, Akeem Haynes has just said that Alabama is going all the way still to going. the national championship. Yeah, We're gonna,
0: going.
1: I'm going to cut this clip. I'm going to hold on to it. <laughs> I'm going to hold on to it because this is a good prediction right here. Now, you know what? We're going to stick with college football. I quickly want to touch on this, Akeem, because the Red River rivalry is probably my favorite in college football other than, of course, the Iron Bowl with Auburn and Bama. There's just a ton in college football. However, this game was crazy. Oklahoma came back and they beat Texas, but the big storyline was quarterback Spencer Rattler got benched in the first quarter after throwing an interception and he got replaced by Caleb Williams, who got them that W. What do you think this means for Spencer Rattler? And what do you think this does to his draft stock?
0: The fans wanted him out, Chantel. The, the, the boosters wanted him out also, right? If, the fan, if you're not producing well in the NCAA, it starts to get this trickle-down effect. And first starts with the fans, and then the boosters start to hear things. And then it trickles down to the coaching staff. Being as high as they were. Right when 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 uh when Rattler was at the helm of, of 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 the uh Sooners, being high ranked as they were, they were scraping by to win games with the exception of that one game when they played Western Carolina or something like that. Um, Spencer, he's he's not playing free, right? He's playing with this weight on his shoulder, and as someone who has who was in a high performing state and always felt pressure and always felt that weight. Very few people can handle the pressure because you don't want to make mistakes, right? You don't want to throw those picks. You don't want to throw the ball. You don't want to let it loose. You want to make the perfect reads. And sometimes all that pressure of trying to always get it right, you don't have fun anymore. And you're not playing football. You're not playing it safe, right? And he's playing it safe. And that's not going to help him win a national championship. It's not going to help him be a a Heisman favorite as he was before right it's just not going to help you be on the radar for these NFL teams if you're always playing it safe because in the NFL you're always going to be under pressure you have to take some rifts and Caleb came in and the dude has nothing to lose <laughs> he got him to lose he's Yo, just he looked good. yeah the dude had a 66 yard run and honestly he should have got caught so I really blame those <laughs> safeties and that linebacker there's no way that Caleb should be running he wasn't even rolling Right? He, was, he, was, he was just stepping on you, right? But he didn't feel any pressure, right? He was just coming in, playing free and just playing football as he has been doing his whole entire life. When an athlete can just play the game, play the sport and not feel the pressure and not think too much into it, that is when they usually succeed. Um, Spencer Rattler, I don't know if he comes back in the game. I think if Caleb does this next week, and possibly the week after that, Spencer is, you may not see him in the Oklahoma again, right? I think he may nice. even transfer because Caleb is a freshman, right? He's got so much more to go if, if Spencer is to come back, whether he goes pro, whatever it may be. But I think he needs, he's playing it too safe. What, what, what are your thoughts?
1: You know, it's kind of funny because he was also benched in last year's Red River Showdown as well. So he gets benched twice in probably one of the biggest rivalries in college football at the Cotton Bowl. There's always so much hype for this game. You know, the fans are excited. And Spencer Rattler, who is on Heisman watch, he gets benched again. I just think it's a bad look. And I was looking at why he got benched and they were saying, you know, they just wanted to avoid turnovers in this game. He threw a pick, they pulled him out. I think Spencer Rattler, I think he does have the it factor. I think he's a good quarterback. I just think at the end of the day, it might be something to do with maturity. Like these coaches are never ever going to tell you what's actually going on in that locker room, but something seems a bit fishy. I don't know if it's leadership, what it is, but we've seen Spencer Rattler have some great games. Will he be back as QB one? I think he will. I think they're going to go back to him, but I think it's a very short lease. I think he's on the edge where if there's one slip up, like that's it. But I think it sucks for the Heisman watch because I know that he was definitely in the running, but of course there's a long list of names for that. But as for the Heisman watch, Spencer Rattler, unless he does something absolutely incredible, I think, you know, that's a wrap for him because this has happened twice in the past two seasons. Let us know what you think will happen with Spencer Rattler and the Oklahoma Sooners. You can hit us up YouTube, IG, or Twitter. We're going to keep it with college football because it was just a crazy week for week six. The Big Ten, there was a big game on Iowa, defeated Penn State. Iowa was ranked number three. Penn State was ranked number four, 23 to 20. And it brings me to the question, Akeem, Who is the best team in the Big Ten?
0: As you echoed before, it was an exciting weekend in college football. There were so many high-scoring games, and I like high-scoring games. You're more of a defensive side, you know, but I like to see the teams putting up 60 to 57 points. I like those ones. Um, Penn State versus Iowa. It was a good game. Two undefeated teams facing each other, top five ranked. You want to see these teams play against each other, but let's be honest, right? You know, Iowa won this game because of their defense. Penn State, two quarterbacks in, they both threw a pick. I don't think Iowa did anything special on the field, right? They did what they had to do to win the game. I didn't really see much from them because both their quarterbacks, all the quarterbacks, I think they all passed for less than 200 yards. (laughs) And the running game for both parties, for both teams, wasn't really anything special. So I still think Ohio State is the best team in the Big Ten, Chantel right they 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 threw up another 50 point game almost 600 yards of total offense no turnovers i don't think iowa penn state michigan state or michigan can put up as much points as ohio state can that's 3 games of 50 points plus now that ohio state has been able to do that mixed with the momentum that they have and the confidence that they have in cultivating now that's just hard to throw water on that flame that is Ohio State's offense right now, Chantel. So, what I know you got different. So, let me hear what you yeah. got.
1: All right, hold on. Let me just say, who has Ohio State played? Like, I know they're putting up like 50 points against Rutgers. Rutgers is a team. Come so, on, man.
0: So, so we're going to look at a Penn State schedule and think that they played anybody or, or um, an Iowa team that has they played anybody?
1: Uh, yes, they have. So, in week one, they Played Indiana, who was ranked number 17. So they got Indiana. them up and out of the top 25. Indiana. Yo, they got them up and out of the top 25. What bowl and game then have they, they played. Won. Just listen, let me finish, yo. I let you finish, right? I'm going to do my, I'm going to do my Stephen A. I'm going to let you finish. But um, also they beat ranked Iowa state who is ranked number nine in week two, I believe. And now they just beat Penn state who is ranked number four. Like you can actually look at their schedule. They have beat ranked teams and some of them, they got up and out of there. So I'm looking at Iowa. Yeah. They don't have the best offense with Spencer Petras, but Honestly, their defense is absolutely insane. I mean, they sealed the win with the interception. They had four interceptions on the day. I know what people are going to say about Penn State. Oh yeah, Clifford Smith was out. So we had to put the true freshman in. Like, it doesn't matter. Like Iowa is beating ranked teams. They're getting them up and out of the top 25. And right now they're sitting in that number one spot. I'm going to let you know the top five in the college football playoff rankings. Georgia is number one. Iowa is number two. So to me, best team in the big 10 Cincinnati, number three, I absolutely love that Cincinnati is finally getting shown some love. And then they got OU at number four in Alabama at number five, to be perfectly honest. I think Alabama should still be at number four because I'm not too hot on OU, but I'm looking at the college football rankings and yeah, Iowa best team in the big 10, um, you know, Michigan is undefeated at six and zero. they haven't played anybody. And so is Michigan state at six. zero. I believe they play each other in two weeks mm-hmm. and then, you know, Iowa is going to be playing Penn state, Michigan state, and then Michigan at the end of the year. So I think the big 10 championship will most likely be Iowa and Iowa's Ohio state, but Man, Iowa, come on, man. They look good. You're not feeling that defense. You're not feeling that team. You don't buy the hype.
0: Chantel, in the past 10 years, right, has Iowa been in national championship? Have they been in that top four? No.
1: Has, no, but they played.
0: Has Penn State?
1: Not, 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 not in that top four, not for a while. And but they, they have been in the top 25, and Ohio, so has Iowa.
0: Ohio State has been in that championship game, and they've been in that top four caliber, Right.
1: So just because they've been there means they should be there every year? No,
0: experience (laughs) and knowing how to handle and get to championship football plays a big, a big, big role, right? So Ohio State's been there before.
1: Wait wait a minute. You're not feeling the new, you're not feeling the new era print pinstripe bowl brought to you by Geico or something. (laughs) Like they played in bowl games. I don't know, man, but (laughs) I, I'm believing the hype on Iowa. Um, OSU I think they yeah they have been schooling teams they've been putting up big numbers but I'm like against who they lost to Oregon and everyone is hating on Oregon in the Pac-12 so I want to see what they do against Penn State I want to see what they do against Michigan and I do want to see what they do against Michigan State so we will see who the best team in the Big Ten is I'm going to cut this clip off to you know keep it on the side mm-hmm. so I can show a team win that championship or maybe I'll be eating my words because I've done that before on this show <laughs> but let us. Know who you think the best team in the Big Ten is. Once again, you can let us know on YouTube, you can hit us up on Twitter or IG, and you can even, you know, have a little back and forth with us because of course we will be replying to your comments and we'd love the interaction. All right. Well, we're gonna move on from college to the NFL because. I mean, quarterbacks are killing it right now. It was quite the week in the NFL, but I just want to get into this debate because we've seen some great Mm. quarterback play throughout these few weeks. Akeem, who are your top five quarterbacks in the league right now?
0: I'm going to be quick. I'm going to be quick, right? So number five, I really was going back and forth between Josh Allen and Matthew Stafford, right? But I got Matthew Stafford at five. He's showing what he can do in a system that works for him. The Rams are four and one. Number four, not a big supporter of this guy by no means, but his consistency and his record over the years cannot be easy to overlook. You can't overlook it. So number four, I got Tom Brady. Number three, right? He's leading the league in touchdowns. He's got a Super Bowl victory underneath his belt. Patrick Mahomes, it's my number three. Right, people are Ooh. gonna say, oh, Akeem, who do you have ahead of Patrick Mahomes? Well, you're crazy, right? What are you talking about? Number two, number two, Chantel, you, you kind of already know who I got at number two. I'm gonna tell you though, dual threat ability makes him tough to game plan for. Lamar Jackson, Lamar Ooh, Jackson. Love it. Offensively, the Ravens depend on him so much, but he's built for it, right? I got him at number two. Number one, Chantel, I was really thinking about this and I was watching a particular game and I saw this number one quarterback for me right now and I saw him play and the flick of the wrist that he had, the speed, how much he makes his team better, how much he does, the team just gets elevated when he's there. And it was that same person that you said that he needed to cut his hair. (laughs) <laughs> when <a first> layman, <laughs> oh, that's not it and that is Aaron Rodgers you know he's the reigning league MVP right they did not look good in game one but they won they're now four and one offense is looking like their old self maybe even better the man just makes the team better and they seem like they have forgiven whatever happened in the offseason because that's what winning does it blankets a whole bunch of things but right now if he continues to do this you know I think you know, he may he may be or another MVP uh, season for him. So that's my top five, Should I'm curious, what is yours?
1: All right, I'm going to make it pretty quick to you. Number five, I got Lamar Jackson. He's one of the most dynamic, quick, unstoppable quarterbacks in the league. 2019 MVP. I got him at number five because, even though he has improved in the past game, even though he has improved accuracy wise, I cannot deny that he is a top five quarterback in the league. Some people are going to hate and say he's top 10. Nah, he's top five. I got him in that number five slot, just because I still think there's areas where Lamar Jackson can improve. And he's also coming off his first playoff victory as well from last season. So I want to see him get more dubs before I kind of move him up that ladder. Number four, I got Kyler Murray because Kyler Murray. I mean, he's one of the most exciting players in the league right now. He's got an arm. He can also hit you with his legs. He's got that speed and he's just got his will to win, to help his team win his team's undefeated right now. I mean, what he's doing in the toughest division in the NFL right now is crazy. People are doubting it saying, will Arizona be able to keep it up? If Kyler Murray is healthy, there's always a chance and let's hope that he's healthy. Cause I think he was grabbing his shoulder in that last game, but Hey, the Arizona Cardinals still undefeated. So I got Kyler Murray at number four, number three, man. I can't believe you left this guy off your top five list. I couldn't because I've seen him living in Vancouver. We get tons of Seahawk games and I know what you're going to say, Russell Wilson. Okay. This guy is the main reason Seattle has been successful since he's become QB one. Seattle would not not be anything without Russ because what have they had over the last few seasons, their issues, no O-line, their defense was terrible. Like they didn't have a running game after Marshawn left. If you, I know, I know what you're thinking. Like Carson is a very good running back, but he's not a superstar running back. Russell Wilson has literally willed the Seahawks team to the playoffs every season, every season. Now he's missing a month. And I think that's going to be a very important month for the Seahawks. Will Geno Smith be able to get it done? Not like Russ. We're going to see why the Seahawks are very good. And that's because of Russ and Pete Carroll. They're a good combo. And I'm glad he stayed in Seattle because I think there's still his talent there, but Russell Wilson, he wears the number three. So I had to put him in that number three spot for my top five. Number two, I got Patrick Mahomes. Listen, we're seeing him struggle a bit. I think this is the most interceptions that he's ever thrown in his career. But listen, he's going to go through those growing pains. Never do you actually hear stories where quarterbacks come into the league and they automatically have tons of success. Patrick Mahomes has had that. So whenever he does struggle, we are going to see, you know, some doubters, some haters saying, well, Patrick is struggling now. Listen, man, this guy is still keeping the Chiefs in the game because the Chiefs, I talked about, you know, O-lines being trash and defenses being trash. Well, that defense for the Kansas City Chiefs is straight trash. And I'm saying it right now, they're not going to the Super Bowl. From what I've Mm. seen before, I don't care what adjustments they make. Nobody can defend anybody on that team. And Patrick Mahomes is the main reason why they're even in games. What happens when you don't have defense? Well, you better have a damn good offense. And Patrick Mahomes is that reason I've mentioned before. You see his arm talent, man, this kid is incredible. Got it at number two, number one, it's long-haired Aaron Rodgers because I can never leave him off this list. Listen, he's got a Super Bowl. He's always in the game. I don't care if there's three seconds left on the clock. If you got Aaron Rodgers, you have a chance to win. And that's why he is still the best quarterback in the league. I know what you're thinking. I left Tom off there. Listen, Tom is still a top 10 quarterback to me. You know, the Bucks look very good. But when it comes down to slowing down, there is a bit of a decline. Like, let's just call it what it is. The Bucks defense is a big part why they're successful. And also that O-line protecting Brady. So we have seen a little bit of a fall off and, you know, just for honorable mention, Josh Allen, I know he's going to be in that conversation as well. Dak Prescott, I believe, doesn't get enough love. We are blessed with seeing some great quarterbacks right now, but that is my top five. Point blank, want to know who are your top five quarterbacks in the league right now? You can let us know on YouTube or Twitter and IG. You can see below on the ways to connect with us because we do want to hear from you.
0: So Chantel, there's been a lot of things with the NBA going on, right? And one of the biggest things that everybody is talking about everybody has opinion about is the Kyrie Irving situation right there in Brooklyn the season is about to start right and we still don't know what exactly is happening some people are hopeful but at the same time you know we're still all trying to figure out how do we how do we get behind this or what is this even going to look like what are your thoughts on the whole Kyrie Irving situation
1: well, the good thing for the Nets and Kyrie is that he's finally able to practice with the team because they deem the Nets facility as a private area office. So he is able to practice, of course, still not able to play, which means that he's ineligible on the roster, which means that, yeah, he hasn't been vaccinated that yet, and that is one of New York's requirements. Now, my whole thing with this is, I think Kyrie is getting a lot of hate right now. And my one word that I want to link up with this conversation is respect. I want to mention this because I think we have to have respect for someone else's views. Now this is coming from someone I'm double vaxxed. Okay. So I made the decision that I wanted to be vaccinated because I wanted to protect others around me. I didn't want to spread or infect anybody else. And I also wanted to protect myself and, you know, the people around me and the people that I don't even know that might be around me if, you know, I'm out somewhere. So that's why I got it. But my whole thing is if Kyrie wants to take his time to, you know, do his research for himself and his family, and that's what he feels is right for his family, then we got to let him do his thing. Because at the end of the day, we know that basketball and the NBA is his job. And that's why I think we have to respect what is going on. Listen, I know if you're a Nets fan, if you're an NBA fan, you're thinking, man, you're this is your job. Like you should be getting your vaccine. And of course, like, you know, there are those views. And we got to look at that side as well. But I just think we have to respect what Kyrie is trying to do. I mean, at the end of the day, it's his body. Right. We shouldn't have a say on what he does with his body. If he's going to take his time and figure out, like, you know, what's in. The vaccine, then that's on him. We should give him his time. And then if he wants to get the vaccine, then he'll go and do that. And we'll see him playing in a Nets uniform, playing at home, because I actually don't think it's going to be one of those things where he is going to play 41 games on the road, because let's be serious with how the numbers are looking and the information that we keep on finding out change, you know, rules in different states are going to change too. Mm -hmm. So that's another factor to this as well. But I think we just got to respect what Kyrie is going through. He's going to make that decision. You know, I've been, I I got the flu shot every year since I was a kid. So every, anytime I get medication, I'm not like, yo, I got to figure out like what's in this. Like, you know what I mean? I got the vaccine. I, you know, I, I trust the scientists, I trust the doctors, but if Kyrie wants to do that little bit of extra research, then I'm all for it, man. I'm not going to rush him because like I said, it's his body. All I know is that Kyrie at one point, if he doesn't want to get the vaccine, will have to decide if, yeah, well, the nets will have to decide if they want to train him or he has to decide if he wants to retire or sit out the season. That is up to him. The only thing that I know if Kyrie Irving doesn't play for the Brooklyn nets this season, they are not winning the championship. Akeem, what are Mm. your thoughts?
0: Um, I'm with you in the first part, you know, I I don't want to see Kyrie retire. You know, he's one of the greatest ball handlers, got the greatest layup package of all time that we've ever seen. He's a very exciting player, Um, but it is a person's body, it's their choice. You know, this is this is what the world is about: being able to have choices. While some other countries, you don't get those choices. When I was born in Jamaica, you, I, I had this big shot on my arm from when I was a kid. I didn't have a, I didn't have a choice to get it; they just give it to you, and I have a scar from it to this day. So I think we just have to be respectful of people's choices. And again, this is your body, right? So whatever that he does is his decision, but there are also consequences that come with it as well, too. You know, I'm I'm Curry's a smart guy. I'm sure he's making the necessary calculated decisions that he has. Um, the only issue that I have with it as well too is just is just like man, you know, KD came over here for you. You know, what I'm saying James Harden came over here to be a part of this team. And so for me, it's like you know, with this situation, it's like are are how are they really feeling? What is that going to be internally? You know, and and so I think that. Um, The fact that he is able to practice with the team, I think that makes a big difference. But we all want to see the highest caliber basketball that we can. And him being a part of the game is going to add to that. So we'll see what happens. I hope to see him. Um, But I still think they have the ability to win without him, even if he's not there. Um, It'll mean uh, James Harden is going to have to become more of a scorer than just a facilitator. He's going to have to go back to his 25 plus, 28 plus points a game to kind of have that Kyrie 25 that is not going to be there, you know, KD is going to be KD is going to give you 29, 30 as usual. I do still think that they can win. um, But I think if Kyrie plays, I think they'll really win, but I do still think they can win without him. But you know, you and now we want to see Kyrie play and on point blank, we want to know your opinions. You know, you want to see Kyrie play. If you're a fan of the show, supporter of the show, you know, chances are you like all sports and you want to see the greatest players play their respective sports. So we would love to know your opinion and what you think on Point Blank.
1: Now, Akeem, it's time for a very special segment. Yeah, we're doing this for the first time ever on Point Blank, debuting it. It's called Spotlight. So Akeem, why don't you explain to the listeners, the viewers, what Spotlight is?
0: So Spotlight is showing appreciation to someone for their impact in their respective field and the influence that they have on others and you know this was a new segment that we were talking about prior and we kind of have the same person now i know this person um specifically um but until i i want you to go first so so the people don't think i'm biased so this right, week, who, who who is our spotlighted individual for this week
1: all right so i want to start this off by doing this right okay because this person deserves all the praise right now 2007, she won the Nike High School National Titles in the 800-meter 2008 Female High School Athlete of the Year In 2011 SEC 800-meter Indoor Title, the SEC Outdoor Title. She also placed top three in the 800-meter in the NCAA, NCAA Outdoor Championships. We're talking gold in 2014 for the World Indoor Championships, gold for the 2015 NACAC Championships. Gold in 2014, 2015, 2016 at the World Relay Championships. Listen, 800-meter OG, 1,500-meter specialist, a true inspiration to many women, men, young girls, and boys around the world. A Tennessee Volunteer legend, and uh, Easton legend as well in PA. We're talking about none other than one of the goats of track and field. I'm talking about Chanel price right now. Listen, I listed off those accolades, and let me tell you, there's a lot more. Like that was a short list of what Chanel price has actually accomplished. And, you know, I was doing some research. I was just reading about her and I was just thinking, my God, this woman is absolutely incredible everything she's done for the sport what she's accomplished in track and field but what she does outside of the sport as well i mean the impact that she has made in track and field i think will last the impact that she's made in her city will last for generations and you know we can say whatever we want about chanel prices accolades they're there but the fact that she has accomplished so much and she could have kept on going but she retired on her own terms I mean, come on, man, we got to shine the spotlight on Chanel Price here. Akeem, I know you got a little bit of an inside scoop. So why don't you tell us a little bit more?
0: Man, I got two stories that I want to share, Chantel, because it's just representation of the person that she is. Um, She broke her foot um, the first time, right? And and after she lost her contract, she broke her foot. And I had just finished practice. I was getting ready uh, to play with the Hamilton Tiger Cats. And, and go to their training camp and a day after she breaks her foot she sends me a message and says um, hey like i'm just finishing up practice I'm like what are, you, what are you what are you talking about you just broke your foot yesterday she's in a boot i was like you went to practice she's like yeah i was on the bike i was like why because anybody that if i broke my foot should tell i'm done i'm not going back to pra- i'm not going to practice the next day i'm on the couch i'm watching netflix i'm eating ice cream i'm chilling i'm resting i'm not doing a single thing But that's the type of person that she is, right? There is this attitude about certain people and she has this no quit, no give up factor. And not a lot, you can't teach that, right? The other other story that I have um, is this is a person who always looks outside of themselves to help others even when they are not doing well in their position. They may be going through a lot of situation and turmoil. Whenever we go to Eastern Pennsylvania um, to go visit, Chanel is, is my fiance for our listeners listening. Whenever we go to Easton, Pennsylvania, I remember we are literally you know, walking upstairs and walking by the gym facility. And there's a whole bunch of uh, uh, volleyball players in there, uh, women, guys all in there. And there's a small crack that you walk and you can kind of see a glimpse of someone, but very subtle. And we walk by very quickly and the whole gym is screaming, Schnell, Schnell, Schnell. This is the type of respect that people have and admiration that she have for her because she is who she says that she is away from the sport, right? Her impact in, in the sport is it's going to speak volume. She's done a great job, but who she is as a person, who she's grown into over the years that we've been together, um, is just remarkable and outstanding to see. This is a heart of gold. And honestly, you know, I, I, I wish I had half the heart that she has, you know, so um, we definitely got to give the appreciation and, and, and the respect. And I'm, I'm, I'm happy that people are sharing their stories about her as she announced her retirement.
1: And, you know, that was one of the things that I noticed on Twitter when she announced her retirement, you know, people were saying, you know, you inspired me, you helped me. You're one of the reasons why I kept on going just to hear your story. So that's one of the things that I think Chanel's impact will last a lifetime. We're talking. Generations, you talked about you know her impact on Easton alone that is going to live on forever and her name is going to be well known. So thank you so much for everything that you've given to the track and field community. Thanks so much for being, you know, a big part of communities across the United States, because I know she's lived in different places and we just want to give big props to Chanel price for the amazing career that she's had. And, you know, we cannot wait to see what she does next. I can't wait to see, I've, you know, ever since I've heard about Chanel, I've become, you know, one of her biggest fans. (laughs) And this is not biased at all because Akeem, this was actually, you know, something where I was like, yo, like we got to give her her props. And, you know, this is not a biased thing at all because as you you saw, I listed off just a tiny amount Mm -hmm. of some of those accolades. Like I'm talking tiny, yo. And I just, I love the fact that we're shining the spotlight on her because she deserves all of her flowers.
0: Well, Chantel, you know, We can go two ways about this, right? Um, I think we should actually go into the word of the week this week. Um, This word is something uh, that I actually had reiterated by Mr. Larry Holmes, one of the greatest heavyweights of all time. And this week is determination. Now, I had a moment about an hour and some change to sit down and to just kind of be in the presence of, of Mr. Holmes. He's 71 years old right now. Um, and I asked him, I said, Mr. Holmes, you know, what are some things that these fighters nowadays don't have? What are some things that helped you in your career? And one of the things that he said, Chantel, was determination, right? That is the word of the week this week, determination. Um, you wanna call it in simplistic terms, it's the will to win. It's the will to push past those tough days. It's the will to push past those tough moments. It's the will to dig deep and to bring out that other person that is inside of you because we all have another person inside of us. That's why it's called the evolution of life and the transformation to become the best person that we can be. And so when a person is determined, when a person makes up in their mind to do something, that is a person that is hard to knock off their track. Chantel, determination is make up in your mind that no matter what happens, no matter what comes in your way, you are going to dig deep and find the strength to hold on and to outlast whatever challenges and circumstance that you may face. We saw the, the, the determination of yeah. Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury, right? We saw all of that, right? So determination is one thing that we should all have in our life blueprint. <laughs> <laughs> when I say determination, Chantel, what does it make you think about?
1: By the way, I like the Larry Holmes drop. Uh, that was absolutely oh, uh, legendary. I came it came. send me the picture. I'm actually going to put it up. I'm going put it up right over here. This is, uh, this is a legend right here. So the fact that you kind of you know added him into that, that was perfect for determination. Listen, I'm going to keep this short and sweet because usually when we do this segment, I ramble on forever. Um, determination, I think it goes hand in hand with focus. Because if you are determined, you're focused on that one thing that you are fighting for, that you're trying to get. And you have to stay focused in order to be determined to get what you want. So, whatever that yes. may be, whatever that may be, whatever you want, and you know that you're determined to get it, to reach it, just keep on going and stay focused because those two go hand in hand. And to be perfectly honest, once you're determined to do something and you stick with it and you get it, there's nothing like that feeling to know that, you know what, I can keep on doing this. And there's hope for other things that you may be determined to accomplish. Maybe it's a goal. Maybe mm-hmm. it's something that you want. It could be like a weight loss journey, whatever it may be. Just know that if you keep that focus, listen, you're definitely going to get there. So that is my, I guess, my thoughts on determination. And thank you so much for sharing yours, team.
0: No, that was that was spot on exactly what you said. And thank you. For sharing. Now, Chantel, before we get out of here, you know, we got to have the question of the week. Right. This is this is one thing that I think um, is always good to have. You got to ask questions. If you don't ask the right questions, you don't get answers. Right. Our question of the week. Is it normal to grow apart from friends? What a great question. You know, um, you know, I think it's very important to understand that there are people who walk with you, who start with you, who won't finish with you right? As the journey goes on, everybody's situation changes. Everybody's version of what they're trying to accomplish is different. The goals may change, the dream may change, and those that start with you may not finish with you. The people in your circle should always be encouraging. The people in your circle should always be uplifting. The people in your circle should not be yes men. Okay, I want to say it again because sometimes people disguise that as, 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 you know, them being haters, right? But let me give you a little quick recap between a hater and constructive criticism. If someone is just talking down to you, trying to belittle you, trying to discourage you, and they're just keeping it like that, yeah, that's a hater, right? We don't got time for those haters, they gotta dip out of our circle and our lives. But if someone is giving you constructive criticism, they're saying, hey, you did a great job in this area, but I think that there was some improvement if you made these changes over here, man, you you would take off in this area. If someone isn't giving you constructive criticism and you call them a friend, if they're only with you when things are going well, is there, are they really a friend? You know what I'm saying? If they're only replying to your messages, to your phone calls when it's convenient for them, when they got time on their schedule, is that really a friend? It's really okay to grow apart from certain people if the relationship isn't conducive in adding value with each party's. There's a lot of people in this world who are invested in one-sided relationships. Oh, you know what a one-sided relationship is, where if you don't reach out to them, they don't reach out to you. It's normal to grow apart from your friends, but you have to know and really think and dig deep and define the definition of what a true friend is. Chantel, when I ask this question, what comes to mind?
1: Okay so that was a bit of a pause because I want to make sure I say this correct. I think in life, life is a journey, life is a path and some people are going to walk with you on that path but then they got to dip and go their separate ways. Because as you grow, as you mature, things change, people change and maybe at the time you guys were friends or you had a friendship that served you, but sometimes because things change in life, you might have different goals, you might you know, you might not have the same i don't know likes or you know you just grow apart because that's what happens in time it's not always going to be the same the one constant thing in life is change and friendships change too i think just knowing what a friend is and what you actually give to your friend as well that's really important all i know is that things change and sometimes if a relationship doesn't serve you anymore you got to let that go in order to grow it doesn't mean that you don't have a love for that person but you might just not be as tight. Listen, there's a lot of people that I don't kick it with now that I still pray for that. I still love, Mm, you know mm, what I mean? mm. But I do not kick it with them all of the time or it's not the same. And that's just because life happens and things change, people change, but, just know that it's okay to let go of things that don't serve you anymore because I'm a true believer in keeping positive people, positive vibes, and positive friendships. Now, Akeem says you don't need yes men. That's true. I think keeping it honest, keeping it real is a part of friendship. And sometimes you'll have you know, an argument or a fight, and that just makes things a lot more stronger. But just know that if you're losing people along the way, you might be gaining some along the way as well that has a purpose to serve you on that path and journey that you're on. So like I said, people are going to walk with you on that path. Sometimes they're going to go their separate ways. You're going to go your separate way. But just know to keep on that path and that the things that happen in your life, I truly believe happen for a reason. I've said that before on this show. So just know that there's ups and downs. Sometimes losing a friend is like a breakup. Um, You know what I mean? It's hard, but just know that, there's a reason for it and a purpose for it. And the only constant thing in life is change. Those were my thoughts on that again.
0: You know, Chantel, you brought us back to uh, to the nineties when you said uh, kick it. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, hey. yeah. Hey, you it's trying to say times. I'm old now? <laughs> I, I, I'm not a hey, you said it, not me. You said it, not me, Chantelle. You know what I'm hey, saying? I'm just, hey, uh, we we hey, we we keeping it, we keeping it popping for the nineties and the eighties and the nineties. Yo, 80s. what do they
1: say now though?
0: Oh, I can't keep up. I, I, I just can't. You old up. too. <laughs> you
1: old too, Akeem, and, okay? I like, don't know. I still say kick it all the time.
0: If it was up to me, I'd be going to bed at 7.30, 7.30, 8.30 <laughs> every night. But seriously, uh, Chantel, thank you for that. I think that was beautifully sound, beautifully articulated. Um, with that being said, hey, thanks each and every single one of you for continuing to support the show and listening to the show, whether you're listening on Apple, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or you're watching the show on YouTube. It truly means a lot. And I can speak for the both of us when we say we truly appreciate it. So with that being said, make sure you are subscribed to us on Twitter at PointBankPod. Make sure you're subscribed on Instagram at ThePointBlankPod. But most importantly, make sure you are subscribed to our YouTube channel where every Wednesday, we are coming live and direct right there. So with that being said, said, I am Akeem
1: Haynes. I'm Chantel Chan. And this is Point blank. And
0: we'll see you next week.